Hello, my friends, zebras. Welcome to the show. This episode is all about being the teacher that you needed. Actually, that's what this whole podcast is about. There are things that I wish that I would have learned when I was 10, 15, 20 years old that I didn't learn until I was older, in my 30s, right? I didn't start lifelong learning until maybe three, four, five years ago. So I, I think that there's a lot of things that, man, I really wish I would have known when I was a kid. And I, I, this podcast, the purpose of it is to pass along information to you at whatever age you're at and hopefully pass information to you so you pass it on to others and hopefully people younger than you to educate them on important things that your parents didn't teach you, that schools didn't teach you. Not saying there's anything wrong with the fact that they didn't teach you these things. They didn't know any better. But the point of this podcast is for lifelong learning, for earlier growth in life. Okay, We have about 80,000 thoughts per day. And somewhere between 95 and 99% of those thoughts are old thoughts. We recycle the same stuff. That's why it's so hard to change. How do you change then? Get new thoughts into your brain. Learn from good people. Get new information in there. Use your imagination. Use your creativity. That's what this show is all about. Please, if you listen to the show, you like it, you enjoy it, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so it continues to grow. Two people that I've learned from are from Lifted Reiki, okay? Amanda Palmieri, who created Lifted Reiki, and Draper Brown. Now, Amanda has taken me through a couple of Reiki sessions now that have been very transformative to me. We'll get into that into the podcast episode, but they've really helped me to expand my peace, my inner peace, and helped me to expand my meditations to levels that uh, I've been dreaming that they would get to. And they've been growing now. They've been getting better because of these Reiki practices. So Amanda is an instructor of Lifted's Reiki and a transformative process, which leads people back to their original holistic states of health. Her titles is personal trainer, yoga instructor, Reiki master, crystal expert, and meditation lover allow her the insight to sculpt a wellness plan for an advanced evolution of mind, body, and spirit energy revitalization. That's beautiful. I love the way she puts that. So learn directly under her by attending any of the workshops or Reiki certifications that she hosts and put this practical knowledge to work in your everyday life. Amanda's mission is to teach all who seek to heal all who need new purpose and to unite her community under the principle of living one's best life together. Now, speaking of together, Draper Brown is with Amanda. Now, he's Lifted's certified hypnotherapist and EFT practitioner. Experience uh, Draper's enigmatic craft of hypnosis to guide us on a journey inward to take control of emotions, behaviors, and discomforts that can often seem to be in control of us. Draper's mission is to share a message of love and hope through filmmaking. Powerful stuff from these two. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. But first, listen, DDP yoga is something that's changed my life. I know Amanda's into yoga, and I've been into yoga now for several years. And DDP yoga is a different kind of yoga. Really, he doesn't even like to call it DDP yoga. Just call it DDPY. Because it's taking yoga, combining it with strength training, combining it with you're rebuilding your body. You're strengthening your muscles and your tendons and your your ligaments, parts of your body that you don't use in normal weightlifting sessions, parts of your body that you, you don't use in normal yoga sessions. Trust me, I've transformed my body through DDP yoga. Diamond Dallas Page created it. It is a fantastic, fantastic program. If you get the app, by the way, which is amazing, the app allows you hundreds and hundreds of workouts, thousands of hours of workouts. And I, I'm just, I don't even know how to really express 
fully how impactful DDP yoga is. Just try it for yourself. Check it out if you're into yoga, especially if you're a guy, listen, and you've never tried yoga, you need to try DDPY. It's not what you expect. It's not what you're thinking. And it might actually help you loosen up. It might help you calm down. It might help you relax. And it might help you strengthen, lengthen, and stretch out that body that needs stretch. If you lift weights, listen, you need yoga in your life. You can't just tighten up all the time. You've got to release sometimes as well. DDPY, ddpyoga.com. Check it out. And let's get into this episode. Let's do this thing. This is Rob Z Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the show. Uh, as always, very happy to have you here. And as always, the show is all about being the teacher that you needed. That's what I, I like to base this podcast around because I think there's lots of things we learned uh, too late in our lives. We could have learned much earlier. And today I have Amanda Palmieri with me here from Lifted Reiki. And I also have Draper Brown here. Uh, Draper, what is, uh, we didn't go over beforehand your position or your, what, what can I title you as? Well, I'm uh, hypnotherapist for Lifted Reiki. Okay, for Lutz Reiki. Awesome. And so I guess just to start this out, a little bit of a background. I've done Reiki now twice with Amanda. I've done hypnotherapy once with you, Draper. And I wanted to have you guys in because I think there's some really cool things we can share on a local level, on a national level, on a worldwide level that will really benefit people. So to start this out, what is something that you wish you would have learned when you were 10 or 15 years old? that you just recently learned and you'd like to share with the audience? Who wants Go to start? Uh, <clears throat> well, Reiki. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's invaluable to know how to um, manage and release stress. I mean, I, I think that that's like the number one thing that people can benefit from in society, right? It's better techniques. But really, I would ultimately have to say that just recognizing that you know the universe has got my back you know what i mean and i'm really not in charge of all these things that are going on and because that caused me a lot of uh uh discontent you know what i mean and about myself and about the world and the way i viewed things so uh having sort of come into that idea uh a while back years ago um it's it's been a game changer like it changed absolutely everything for me and and everything always goes back to that so i would say if if i had to you know say that to my younger self or even thinking about it in terms of what i could say to kids that are younger like my my son or you know anyone in uh growing up Mm -hmm. would be to you know just do the best that you can stay right in the middle path away from this wrong and right bullshit, this judgmental, stereotypical uh, perspective that w- is in so heavily embedded in society. And, uh, you know, and to just realize that we're not in charge, you know. And we're just little pawns in the game. That's it. That's and powerful. It's very freeing. That's what it's very, very freeing. And I think that, you know, in the be- when you're young and you hear that, because I've tried, my son's four, and I've tried to give him some of that, it's not going to sink in right away. Right? Sure. It's going to be something like you got to hear that many times over and over. But the younger you hear it, the more like it's in your head. And as you hear it later on in life, it's going to make a whole lot more sense. Right. And like we were talking about, it's something that needs to be experienced. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you can push somebody any which way into having an experience like that, that's, that's what needs to happen for them. For them to understand that on a very deep level. 
Yeah, and whenever they have the experience, they're prepared for it, right? They know what right. they're getting themselves into. Instead right. of being totally uh, just to have the experience and not realize the significance of it, I guess. It would not be beneficial to have it without the understanding behind it. Well, and the funny thing about that is <clears throat> it's guaranteed to happen again if you don't get it, you know? Yeah. So in a way, it's still, you know, it's not good or it's not bad. It's just when you get it, you get it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, it seems like you can't get it, and you'll continue to. It'll continue to happen again until you actually take that idea and start filtering your experiences through it. Then mm. and only then can you actually have the experience that'll teach you from, right. from there on out. You know, it's uh, so yeah. Absolutely. So Draper, what's yours? Uh, something you know that you wish you would have learned many, many years ago that just recently you. <laughs> picked up on that uh the only limitations that we have are the ones we believe we have and that's it yeah and that's the only reason we have them because we believe we have them Mm -hmm. Uh, i would say that's pretty much i mean just uh uh you know i grew up doing construction and carpentry never really liked it never hate never i never liked what i did and in you know the last few years or so i've loved what i what i do and uh, it's beyond anything I thought would have been possible for me at that time, you know. And I couldn't do that because I believed it was impossible. Right. And then it, once it once that once that idea was kind of uh, stripped away, then life got really good really fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that would happen for anybody who that happens to, you know. Yeah, when you finally realize that thing that you you, know, you see other people doing it and you think, man, that would be amazing to do, but that's not for me. It's not meant for me or for whatever reason, just because of the stories you tell yourself or the stories you were told from other people exactly. for many years. Yeah. Um, what's that like for both of you, I guess? That's a, that's a great question to, to start this thing off with because living in a, a world of, of Reiki and a world of, of hypnosis, you know, those are things that when you're young, nobody ever says, hey, be the be a Reiki teacher. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's like something that people, parents push you towards. So what was that journey like for the two of you? And you can go in as in-depth as, as you'd like or not as in-depth as you'd like. But I think that's a really important thing to hear because me personally, even just talking about that in a, in a little bit, uh, just a little piece of it is so true that it's it's very freeing because you've been telling yourself for that long that it's never going to happen. And you're jealous of the people who have it happen to them. And you watch mm-hmm. them and you, man, like I would love to be able to do what that person is doing. But for whatever reason, you just have that that story in your head that steers you in the other direction and doesn't take you there. So what's that journey been like for you, Amanda, getting to that to the point where you're at now? It's been fun. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Cheers. <laughs> uh, well, parts of it were really, really fun. Other parts uh, were incredibly and insanely painful. Um, I guess uh, I, you know, again, n- never thought that this would be my mission in life would be to help people. I was always someone who took from people. Do you know what I mean? The other side of the coin. What can I get? You know. Um, sort of living behind this facade of of a person that I wanted to be. And, you know, I, I, I lived my life through that scope, basically, um, and not really being very genuine most of my life. Um, so, you know, going back to that pain factor, I, uh, you know, I, I dabbled with drugs for a very long time. And 
And going back to the fun factor, it was really fun for a long time. I mean, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't. So I've had a lot of really unbelievable experiences because of that, like just beautiful things. I've traveled the country. Um, I've met people from all over the place. I, I've, I've experienced what true love and true friendship was and also a bit about that universal guidance. Do you know what I mean? I always felt loved and protected by the universe that uh, wherever I was, I was going to be cared for. You know, but eventually the tables had turned on me. And, uh, you know, the the more uh, pain I started experiencing on a, on a very unconscious level, the, the harder the drugs I started to do, you know, um, the more of life that I was trying to block out, the more I was trying to stay in a different reality, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And it becomes harder and harder to do that. You know what I mean? You have to go to more, more, uh, more extremes to stay in a state of this inebriated sort of uh, zombified existence. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, for me, really, what happened was uh, my daughter. She, she had cancer ever since she was four, and she went through a, a three-year period where she was really, really sick. She got a little better. She got sick, or she got a little better. <clears throat> And eventually she passed away from cancer. And it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, mentally, I, as anybody probably would, went fucking berserk, you know. And, and having that drug crutch to fall upon, it was like, you know, these two metals were grinding together. And sparks were just... Uh, you know, flying off from that. And, and, uh, so for a couple of years after that happened, uh, it just, some of the, some of the most dark times fell upon me. Um, and yeah, I, and throughout a a good period of that, I I had tried, you know, I'm, I'm quoting parentheses here. Nobody can see me, but tried, you know, I had very good intentions on getting sober, but I, but I never could because, Again, like we were saying, I never understood how deep that stuff went. You know, I, I had mm-hmm. this 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 void inside that I was trying to fill that I later found out that it's only a, a spiritual aspect could fill that, right? So, so uh, you know, a, a years after that happened and her passing, um, I finally was able to get sober, you know. And, and I, there was nothing that I had done, really, except experienced enough pain <laughs> that it was time. And from that point, um, you know, it, my, I was actually able to hear again. I was able to feel. I was able to experience. I started seeing um, how, you know, the source, the universe was guiding me in all the right places I needed to be to, uh, to experience what I needed to experience. And, and for the first time in my life, I, I, uh, I felt like a, a real, like whole, you know? And so anyway, from that, pretty much immediately afterwards, um, years of drug use causes s- severe mental, um, deficits sometimes in people. And so, they recommended that I had get on some kind of medication. And, you know, I had severe PTSD flashbacks. Uh, my, my body was all just contorted sometimes when that would happen. Um, and depression. And uh, they, they suggested that I get on medication. And, of course, being, you know, thinking that I still uh, was kind of running the show, I, I fought it for a little bit, but I eventually caved because mm-hmm. uh, I thought it could be beneficial. And so, <clears throat> so you know, I, I was on medication for a while for probably about nine months total. But in the midst of that, I started to question and wonder, 
um, you know, what else is there to life? Is this just it? Do we just work? Do we just, you know, you know, because I had that prior experience of really tasting what life tasted like. And, uh, and I wanted that again. And, and also I began to question, do I have any, can I do anything to contribute to my well-being? Because I don't want to be on this medication forever. So I started to meditate. You know, I had this thing that I would do every morning. I would read this line from this book that pretty much centered the way my day went. And uh, what what book was that? What was the the line? Uh, it was actually Alcoholics Anonymous book. Oh, okay. And it was a uh, it was a uh, uh, it was like a page or two that talked about how we begin our day. We we center ourselves. We ask ourselves what 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 is it that God wants us to do today? You know, and we steer from selfish, dishonest, and fearful behavior because that's what gets us trapped up. Mm-hmm. So um, I read that every morning for a while, and it kind of inspired me to take some quiet time and start to meditate. And so that's what I did. So I started with meditation, and then I began to exercise, and I realized how good that made me feel. It was almost like this aggression valve that I had released. Yeah. And um, and then I started to eat better because I realized that watching my daughter suffer as she did, that part of that was... Uh, that uh, there was something that I could do to contribute to my health. And I think for everybody everywhere, there is. There is something that we could do. We can take a little bit better care of ourselves if, you know, the universe will allow and if we feel uh, compelled to do that at that point in time. So it was part that I, 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 I didn't really want to see too much more of that suffering go on in, in, in myself and in other people if I was blessed with the opportunity to do something about it. So very shortly afterwards, I, uh, someone asked me if I wanted to learn how to do Reiki and I had no idea what it was, you know. Um, but I remember when I had my first Reiki session done by this woman. How long ago was this? <clears throat> Five years. Okay. So I went into a trance-like state and I started imagining all these like crazy things like forests and unicorns and, and I just kind of rolled with it, you know what I mean? Because I didn't know that was going to happen. And I remember for a moment there i kind of came out of that and realized like oh my god this is what it actually feels like to relax like i i don't think i went 28 years up until that point realizing what it actually felt like to completely relax so (laughs) that was like on the repertoire of things that i wanted to do and when i learned it um I did. I, I practiced all the time, and I immediately started working on people because I had this internal um, um, mission because of what I had experienced in life that I didn't want to see people suffer anymore if they didn't need to, you know, and mm-hmm. suffer at such a deep level. Um, and for them to also realize that um, when they put in the work, to work on this stuff, to really tap in, that that experience is priceless. You can't give that to another person. That they 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 have to have that for themselves because it it, it builds confidence and character and strengthens their spiritual connection with whoever it is they believe in. So, um, you know, throughout the years, uh, I've had a really powerful journey with Reiki. Um, I've it's pretty much I can attest to one of the factors of it plus other things has really molded my entire life, you know, pushed me to do things exactly like you guys were just talking about. It's like believing that I could be something other than what I was currently doing. You know, I felt like I was being pushed in directions like do this, do this, do this. And 
and I couldn't believe that I was doing it. I couldn't believe that it, that I was capable of it, and that that was a passion of mine, even you know, because years of and I'm not saying just drug use, but I think people have no idea what their passions and their goals and desires are. They just mindlessly move along. Mm-hmm. And um, that is another really powerful thing to tap into is what are these things that I feel passionate about? What is my life experience? Because these are my gifts that I have to give to the world. And um, so it's been a journey. And I think now I'm at the point where, uh, you know, I, I recognize that people come to me and we're on this same path. You know, we're, we're doing this together. We're light to light, you know, soul to soul. And um, we're all just trying to get there. We're all just trying to have that freedom of mind, body, and spirit and to that state of, you know, enlightenment ultimately. I think maybe people aren't aware <laughs> that, that, that that's really what they're after, but there's a part of them that's screaming that. Yeah. Or anytime you want anything, if you desire vacations or a new car or whatever it is i mean that is just trying to achieve that level of excitement yeah i don't don't even want to use the word happiness that level of satisfaction that level of just awareness of feeling okay with everything that's going on you think those things are going to bring you that feeling of being okay and you just feel good you feel Mm -hmm. fulfilled i guess is the right word right but you try to tap into all these other things or get these like physical things that don't actually make that happen you were saying about the relaxation part of it and i think that's really i've only done it well this is like the third time mm-hmm. right before we're, this podcast we did a reiki session and i can't really say that i've felt that relaxed like you said like you never felt like you'd been actually relaxed before i honestly feel the same way too <laughs> yeah. it's a different level of relaxation it is you can tell there's something there that puts you it drops you down a few levels of like I can be relaxed, but your mind's still working and you're still kind of, I don't know. There's still something like a little bit tense in there. At least this is how I've always felt. But whenever you get deep into, and, and this is what happened to me last time when we, we first did Reiki, uh, that I went and meditated that night and I had the deepest meditation I had ever had. And I had actually, I, I'm always trying to, my, my desire is to be at that spot where I'm just observing my thoughts and I'm not engaging. So I ended up in that place for a solid couple of minutes when I was meditating after our last session and I was kind of blown away by it. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm actually there. Now, as soon as I recognized that I was there, I kind of <laughs> fell out of it a little bit, but it was, then I, I kept, I could easily kind of tap back into it. And that I can attest that's probably to the relaxation. It's probably to get into that spot of Absolutely. being able to let those things, let your mind calm down. And that's, boy, that's the toughest thing in the entire world. It's so crazy how difficult it is. And you were saying also that I, th- I think is really interesting when you were talking about uh, being on drugs and people would tell you things and talk to you and you couldn't hear them, right? You couldn't like hear what they were actually trying to say. Mm-hmm. You would only hear what your mind was telling you right. they were saying. And that's even if you're not on drugs, we do that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like everybody does that. You hear, We have our own perception <laughs> of life and you don't necessarily hear what somebody says. You just in- hear what you interpreted them saying or how you think they said it they call it cognitive dissonance Cog- yeah cognitive dissonance right yeah. so you are just and when, when you can get to that place of consciousness where you can kind of hopefully let your thoughts they pop in they're going to come but you can let them go and you can live in that place which would just just be a beautiful existence then you would actually be able to see people for who they are situations for what they are mm-hmm. and actually experience what the world actually is instead of through your 
yeah, interpretations sure. of your past experiences. Co cognitive, uh, cognitive dissonance is actually the natural byproduct of a human dichotomous perception of right and wrong. This is where it comes from. Okay. The people can't really view themselves as wrong. Somehow, some way, even the most horrible person doing the most horrible thing will, some, will find some way to justify or rationalize their behavior. It, it, it'll be right to them. Mm -hmm. you know, no it has one, to be no, for them to do it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it, it, no one could ever intentionally do something wrong. Like, we just can't do it. We, we, we think that people are doing that, but they're really not. Somehow they think that they're right. Yeah. Even, if, even if they themselves would believe it to be terrible normally, this time there's a reason for it and it makes sense to them yeah. so <clears throat> that's like like look i guess the most extreme example is hitler right i mean he Shh. believed in what he was doing right yeah. exactly Fully right. believed in. yeah you wouldn't convince him he was evil he was he was doing the right thing he was he trying to save the world save man the world. yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh and and but and we all experience that and it, it is all because of uh, we have a self-image that we have to keep up for ourselves. We have to look a certain way to ourselves for other people, and you know, and there's all these unconscious drivers that motivate it. But uh, it all revolves around this idea of right and wrong. And if a person can sort of uh, release that, or let go of that, or look beyond that, or however you want to say it, and just realize that things just are they just are, then suddenly I can actually look at the terrible, what I would normally consider to be the terrible sides of myself and look at them objectively and honestly. But before that happens, before a person reaches that state, they have to lie to themselves about it. The stress from it would be too much to bear. Yeah. So they would, so they, their memory actually automatically creates false memories. And you know, there's all kinds of studies that have proven this, you know. Uh, Your memories aren't the most reliable things in the entire world. No. You, you no, form no. them the way you need them to be exactly yeah you watch your your buddy get in a fight with somebody when you're a kid or whatever teenager and uh and he loses right but then you talk about it later on and you remember very specifically him winning that fight <laughs> <laughs> you know we could all and, yeah. and 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 you're not lying you, you just that your memories actually change to to just to make it a more uh attractive idea for you to, to deal with and cope with you know mm. and you know that's all very that's a very that's kind of a blanket over the whole thing but for the most part that's that is what it is and but if a per, but if it's not wrong for my buddy to lose a fight well then i don't have to the the there's no foundation for for cognitive dissonance to actually take root it, or the cognitive dissonance doesn't it, take place so my mind doesn't have to find cognitive consistency would actually be the proper way to say it but whatever you know and uh yeah. you know so it's if nothing was ever wrong then i never needed to lie so my mind never does that and then i could see everything clearly and since stress is only ever a byproduct of me believing something happened that's wrong Stress is also decreased at the same time. Stress and cognitive dissonance sort of run together. They're they're holding hands, hanging out, and they go to the same parties and stuff. <laughs> they That's skip the whole reason. Uh, the yeah. reason for the cognitive di dissonance is to reduce the stress for yes. yourself, right? Because exactly. you couldn't, you could never bear with the truth. You couldn't live right. with that. I always go to George Costanza from Seinfeld because he said it's it's not a lie if you believe it's true. You know, they were like doing a lie detector test, and he like, how do you beat the lie detector test? And it was, you know, <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe it. And that's, people live their life in that. And I think we all do to a certain extent, right? I mean, not saying that you, we, we want to, but our mind does that for us yeah. to yeah. help us cope with things. Absolutely. Sure. And that relaxed state that you reached, 
everything's okay then, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. exactly, yeah. And that's yeah. where I've been getting lately is because when we first talked, you said, like, try to find a mantra, try to find a, a word or something to go back to. And I go back to relax, just that word. Uh, and it's, it's like the foundation of meditation. You know, you find that thing that you can repeat to yourself or it's just following your breath or whatever it might be or it's yoga or whatever. But you uh, get to that place and that word or practice replaces all of those thoughts that are flying in constantly and none of those thoughts that come in are going to really do you any good hmm. they're going to they're they're going to eff- effectively activate the cognitive dissonance at some point right because as soon as you grab onto a thought you start running the rabbit hole with it you start going down with it and uh i, I mean how many people I mean, three of us i'm sure do on a regular basis we're caught in it daily constantly and you just forget you have to remind yourself over and over again Amanda so that's I think that's an interesting question because going through what you went through and coming back out of it and you know as strong as you are now and with where you're at right now and you seem very at peace I mean I don't know you extremely well but you seem like a very at peace person and you seem to be very tapped into what you do and to the mindset that you like have yourself on how do you keep yourself there on a daily basis what is the, the practice like something practical somebody could use that, you know, puts you back in that place at at all times? Well, I have a routine that I do. You know, uh, I would say find a routine and stick to it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's as if you're conditioning yourself for the rest of that time period until you get that next routine. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Also, it's practicing bringing out the inner teacher you know that's the big part of meditation is we tap in because we have the answers we are the whatever it is that we are seeking so we tap in to get that stuff to recognize that um, it's important to do these things because uh, like we're talking about i'm going to filter my day and everything else through that scope yeah so i you know for me every day i wake up and i run and i eat no i'm just kidding (laughs) 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 no i used to do that but then i got more spiritual and i realized that (laughs) it's not necessary to do all of that stuff for me anyway but uh you know i will i'll take some time and i'll do a little bit of that practice that we've done together um and go down into a level of myself where something pulls the strings you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and kind of like the Wizard of Oz, conduct a couple of things behind the curtain, you know. uh, And I'm not really planning on how my day is going to go. I'm just setting the tone for um, how I want to find humor in the moments where I find myself getting upset Mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, thinking that something should be different. And I want to find the significance in in what's being shown to me that day. And and also... um, uh, well, you know, it's taken a lot of work for me to get to this place. I'm not going to lie. But it's based off of that little simple foundation of that routine of that taking time for myself every day and just uh, a willingness and a courage to see more truth. Do you know what I mean? To be mm-hmm. exposed to more of that. And, uh, you know, and the the other thing is it's incredibly enjoyable for me for what I do. Um, so it's real easy to, to just do it. And... Um, and I, and I want to be as helpful as I possibly can to people. 
So it forces me to go back into that space to, um, you know, to allow that energy to come in and work on myself because I got to be in good shape to work on other people. Yeah. You know, so um, kind of feeding that idea all the time that, um, you know, that that's equally as important. Um, if you're a mess, you can't help anybody else. It's real it hard really to, man. It's real. <laughs> you can, but it's really hard to, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm filtering that stuff through different things. And, um, you know, and I'm trying to change people. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to change anybody. Yeah. I just want people to come as they are. And I want them to find through their experience how they can change. Mm-hmm. And I just let them be as fucked up as they are, as hurt as they are, as whatever. Uh, you cry or laugh and get angry. It's like, uh, you know, because I needed that. You know, going back to the topic, right? It's like, that's all I ever wanted my entire life. I, I realized that through this through this whole process of self-healing with Reiki and this, you know, this meditation stuff is going back to, to when I was younger, all I ever wanted was for somebody to just totally love and accept me exactly the way that I was. Stop yeah. trying to change me and make me somebody I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, even in that point in my life, it was like, you know, I wasn't really doing anything all that awful. Like, sure, I was slacking off on school and, you know, not coming home and um, in, in smoking weed. But it's like, still in all, I, that's all I ever wanted for somebody to recognize that, like, I'm still a person here and stop trying to change me and let me have my whatever, let me be. Yeah. And so I try to do that for other people because that's really all that you can do is to just value them enough to do that. And then they, they can break free. They can break right. open of that. Right. And it, man, it's so two things that you said in there that like are really important is having kids. You don't realize it sometimes that you're doing it. Exactly. That's the part that's scary. And right. I, I can see like I have a four year old and I, like, I can see like, oh, crap, Rob, you're doing stuff that you would not want done to you. Right. It's like try to one of the things I've taken away that I, that stuck with me is try to envision everybody else as you living another life. Like you could be anybody under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, you were born to their world, you would be like them. So you can't really say, oh, I would never do that. If you were put in those circumstances, you probably would do that. I mean, it's, it's almost that simple. And also there's this great book called uh, Leadership and Self-Deception, which is like, a, it's a really bad name for the book because it sounds complicated and not in- interesting. But the whole basis of the book, and there's a second book called Anatomy of Peace, and they both, same topic, same uh, like meaning. But the meaning is to see people as, as people instead of objects. Mm-hmm. And what we do so often is we just see people as objects that we need to control them so they do what we want them to do so that we're happy. Yeah. And the whole book is just, I mean, <laughs> in a very long, f- long-winded way about, because this is funny, because my, my mentor, his name's Ray, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. He, we did a, a personality test and he gave me the results of the test. Did you like it? I loved it. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It was very, it was very like, you know, the awareness level was, was very high realizing like who I am. And he said, something in there said something about me viewing people as objects. And I'm like, I don't do that. Like, I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. It's just something I personally enjoy. And he's like, yeah, but you might not. And he's like, he'll never like say yes or no to anything. He's like, maybe you should just check this book out. So I bought the book and I started reading. I'm like, oh, wow. I look at people as objects and I don't even know that I do it, especially people closest to me. Like I want them to act a certain way so that I'm okay. 
And I'm just, that was, this was probably about a year ago. And it was just like this awakening of like, holy cow, I didn't know I treated people like that. I didn't know I was even doing that. And I think that's most parents, right? I mean, we talk about parents and they ruin their kids' lives because they're trying to make them do a certain thing, get into the right school or whatever it is, or take, you know, baseball because they played baseball. Like you're just trying to make them do stuff that'll make you happy and has nothing to do with the kid whatsoever. Yeah, like you want to feel better about yourself. Yeah, and you think like this thing, make make them do it, the kid's going to be happy and they're going to be fulfilled because that's what you think would work. And it's wild. We do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, th- I think that uh, it, it's a difficult balance, and who the hell knows the answer? Yeah, how, you know, kids, how do you how yeah. do you decide who the better parent was? I guess you'd have to build a time machine, go to the future, <laughs> and then give them all happiness tests to see which one came out better, right? Like, how could we really know? And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen strong, good people come from rundown homes, yeah. abusive parents, and uh, and vice versa, and yeah. everything in between and uh, around that, and it's, but uh. You know, and you're it, right, man. Sometimes the most messed up people are the most interesting. Yeah, right. They're yeah. going through the most experiences. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So it it is hard to say. Yeah, it, but you know, it seems it, it, it's it, it, a parent's job is 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 to prepare their children for adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if 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 your if your punishments revolve around, uh, they should have a lesson. It's something that's actually teaching them something. And if that's the case, and you and and it's loving and and it, it's for their the betterment, at least you know, as far as the parent is concerned. Then, uh, then I think that uh, I think you're doing a good job. I think that's pretty much all there is to it. I and mean, we do have to teach them. You can't just let them stay little kids forever, you know. So, yeah. uh, but at this, at the, if your punishment is more like, do as I say because I'm in charge, then you're probably just trying to make them make you happy <laughs> yeah you know? but if it's more if it's about their lesson and you're willing to go the extra mile uh you know to put to put effort into that and take the time to actually make sure that they're learning from their discipline and things of that nature then uh i don't know i th- i think it's about is that simple you know uh, generally speaking right mm-hmm. I th- that, that's just my take on it though the one thing that's always driven me nuts was this. I just funny. I just had a guy in the podcast, uh, the last episode, who has this platform called Dad to Be. So it's all about like preparing yourself to be a good dad. And um, we were just saying about the statement, "Do as I say, not what I do." Like this is the worst statement ever. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like it's terrible. No so one pays attention are, to it. Your kids are watching you. They're like through osmosis learning how to live life, and you're saying, well, "I don't do that stuff that I did. Do what I'm telling you to do right now." And that just doesn't like that doesn't work. No. It doesn't make any sense. They can't what even you? help themselves. Like, right. They can't. No. And, and human beings, all human beings, have a natural propensity towards defiance. You know, if we feel like someone's trying to control us, we immediately try to resist whatever yeah. authority that is. Yeah. It, it's all of us, especially children. So, you know, and I mean, there are far better ways to get cooperation from people. I mean, you see it in sales strategies and things like that, you know, and, and, and those same people who will use those same strategies when they're trying to get money off of somebody <laughs> will fail to do so when they're dealing with their children That's because, because where it matters they, the most. Yeah, yeah right, right, where it matters the most, just because they feel uh, justified in their tyr- in their tyranny, mm-hmm. you know, because I am the parent and I'm above you. And it's, it's not like that. You're older, you've had more life experience, but you're not better than they are. 
And you know, and if they get their way, eventually they're going to be just as big as you. And how <laughs> yeah. You're going to be old and frail, and they're going to be able to, uh, you know, like because yeah. I said so, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, or you really want home, that? Talking to you again, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever it comes down to. But yeah. the funny thing is, man, I've realized this from having a kid is that I've learned so much from Max mm-hmm. because I, you, you having a kid, a little kid, reminds you of what it's like to be a kid. And I can remember, like, he brings back feelings for me of like, oh, wow, that's what I remember what it's like to be little and just to not care. Yeah. And just to be, just want to play. Like, I still just want to play all day long, really. I think that's what it comes back to is like when I think about like what I want to do with my career and, and of course, like helping people is, is, is up there on the list, but also making sure that I'm having fun all the time would be a top goal. Priority. <laughs> and that's yeah. all kids want to do is just have fun. Like, yeah. that's yeah. the, he, like, Max just wants to play. And that's, who the hell doesn't just want to play? Like, even if you're like, if you, especially if you're playing and doing something constructive at the same time, like, man, that's like the ultimate yeah. win-win. It's called like edutainment. Like, if you can educate somebody in yeah. entertainment, entertainment at the same time, that's the best way to learn. Yeah, uh, it is. Because you're enjoying yeah. the experience. Yeah, yeah. I think Sesame Street were the first ones to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> but it has not been taken far enough. It's, no. it's, there's actually a school in California I was reading about called Out School. Okay. They, they do computer stuff. And uh, I haven't looked that much into it, but it seems like that that's uh, what their aim is. They, they, they customize the classes towards the kids and their interests so that they'll have fun learning what it is that they're learning. And then the teachers are basically just mediators going around making sure that if they have problems with the, with the computer or something like that. But it, it's kind of br- like a Montessori brilliant. school. Kind sort of, like of a Montessori, but I mean, it seems like as far beyond the public education system as Montessori is, that's as far that's like just as far beyond Mm -hmm. and into the in that direction so uh i i would have to look more into it i'm sure they're still under development they're only a few years old or something but it looks Mm -hmm. amazing that sounds it looks it looks like the future it's called the out school out school yeah alt school oh okay yeah yeah check it out it's pretty pretty fascinating you were saying about routines and how like sometimes this is funny because like you drop the running and you stop doing the stuff you thought was going to work. I've experienced that mm-hmm. too because I had like this strict morning routine. Strict, right. And it was for me to be calm. Like I had this routine. Oh, you forced yourself to be calm? I had this routine of strictness <laughs> so I woke up and was in a good mood. And it was so dumb looking at it. Cause now I've, I've like, I've, dice, I've, I've eliminated a bunch of it but still kept the core things that I like. Yeah. Um, but I was doing so much in the morning and like if Max would wake up early or something would interrupt me, I'd be oh, pissed. I know, I understand. I'm, like, well, I'm, like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be calm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to start my day right and you guys are pissing me off. Like the world's making me mad. It's so hey, ridiculous. Sorry you live here, but seriously, stay over there. <laughs> right, yeah. It's so, and it's, man, it just happened yesterday. Actually, I'm still doing it, I guess, because Max woke up like 15 minutes early. I'm like, you're not supposed to wake up yet. Yeah, I feel, but and I feel I'm the like, same way. This anger rises. I'm like, dude. That's the, the whole reason you're doing this is to not be mad about that sort of right. stuff. <laughs> Go in the bathroom. That's the last place that I found that I could still get that routine is in the bathroom. Just close and lock the door, even if they're awake, because they'll think, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want to bother you because they don't know what you're doing in there. And yeah. uh, unless your kid's real little, because I remember Cameron used to follow me. He'd be right up my ass all the time. But still, you know, <laughs> when he first wakes up in the morning, he's not like that, but. But yeah, I had a, a sim- I'd wake up in the morning. I'd actually wake up because I was uh, I, I started going through this inspiration period, right? Where fitness became a, a big catalyst for me. It was my, kind of my life, right? Um, and I also felt like I was living out my uh, 
my adrenaline rush that I was, you know, seeking in other things. Yeah. And, um, well, of course, Extreme. my goals of being strong and sexy, and, you know what I mean? All well, that you're stuff. Mo- moving one addiction for another, right? You're taking that, that one Pretty addiction much, for man. the high of a fitness addiction. Pretty much, you know? Um, although one was a little bit healthier than the other <laughs> sure, one was. Yes. You know, I, <laughs> definitely it, improvement. Yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> improvement. So I went this pe- a period of time where I'd listened to all this inspirational stuff, and they were all like, you want it? You better wake up early and get it. You know, <laughs> you better go to bed early and get it. And it was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to do. So I'd wake up at like 5 in the morning. And somehow, though, it's like everything really needed to happen that way at that time because somehow I actually was able to get up. I wasn't super groggy. I was motivated enough to wake up that early in the morning to where I took 45 minutes for meditation. So I woke up at five, meditated for 45 minutes, got dressed, went for a run for like an hour, sometimes an hour and a half outside. And I felt unbelievable by the time I got home and got ready for the day. But then, you know, I just, I don't know. I just stopped pushing. That was the thing. You probably got it all out of your system like that. You needed that for that period of time. I did. And the push. It's like I, 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 in, in my mind, it, it just so happened through all the practices and what I was doing and the timing was right that I stopped pushing myself so hard because I felt like if I didn't do that, then it, nothing would get done. You mm. always had to push, push, push. And I, I kind of just took a step back and let it flow a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess surrendered more to it is, is a better term to use. Uh, and now I don't really give a shit about running. As a matter of fact, I can't really breathe that good. I don't want to feel like I'm dying. Um, and I don't like running either. Yeah, running sucks. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I used to love it. My feet hurt. I know. It's well, like, getting back into it, man. Oh, oh my gosh. God. You're just in so, so much bad. pain. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I get winded walking up the steps. Yeah, <laughs> I need to like take a breather once I hit the top. <laughs> well, I used to. I mean, for a decade, I had lifted weights five or six days a week. Yeah, and I think I liked it for the most part. Times there's times when I really hated it and I wanted to quit doing it. Um, but now, the past three years, I've done pretty much just strictly yoga, and it's been the best three years as far as fitness goes. I sure. felt the best, and I've felt the most satisfaction from the exercise than like all of the because yeah. running's kind of I, I, I equate running to like lifting it's just like constantly pushing yourself right you always got to keep getting better at it and I like yoga because I'm just like alright I'm good it's yeah, still right. a good workout yeah it it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a good it workout really amazing workout and plus you're working all these different muscles that you didn't know existed and you're the, moving energy yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes I've actually come back from yoga feeling like I was like tripping. Tri- yeah. I, yeah, me man. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Never lifted weights and felt like I was tripping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've gone into deep meditation after yoga. So at the end, like laying down after I'm done, like I'll go into super deep, like very easily deep meditation because you're just, you've expended so much energy. You've got all that energy built up and kind of pushed out. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. One of the that's why yoga is tied in with meditation. I guess it just makes sense. It does. They make work sense. like one and the same. Tai Chi, all the Qigong, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, it does those things. You know, what she was talking about about the the whole pushing thing. That's almost like taking the, you know, the the flight part of fear, 
and pushing it over into more. Now I'm going to fight instead of instead of running hey, away. Right. And, and it, now you're just super aggressive rather than passive aggressive. And but it's still the same energy that's motivating it, and you're yeah. still going to come with a high degree of stress. That's yeah. Right. And lifting seems to be more of an aggressive type of thing too. Not to say that there aren't people who can't do that or that some it's not for somebody or I'm not trying to bash lifting or anything like that because it's cool. Because my know, name's but, lifted, yeah, so watch right, it. Right, right. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But you know, it, 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 yoga puts you in that place where everything's okay. And you, you know, this is this is the idea. It's like if everything's okay, then nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what you were talking about about in the morning when the, the dog wakes up or whatever. I remember uh, one time where I was actually able to intentionally apply this this just the idea, and that was it. And it was uh, the water company came and they were they started drilling right out like right outside oh, my house. No. And it was like six <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and I got up and I was mad as a hornet, you know. And I opened up the door and I, you know, normally I would have went out and started screaming at them. They probably wouldn't have heard me over the machines, <laughs> but I would have started screaming at you them. Felt a little better, yeah. 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 Out. And then I would have went in and been all mad and, uh, you know, but instead I got up and I was, I was like, okay, I'm just supposed to wake up this early. That's all, you know? So then I go in to, to brush my teeth and I go to turn the water on. Nothing comes out of the faucet. Mm-hmm. Now, normally I would like rip the knobs off the sink, you know what I mean? And maybe smash the mirror or something like that. And instead of like, okay, everything's okay. This is fine. This is actually perfect. So what should I do now? And then I remember I have a bottle of water in the fridge. I brush my teeth with that. And then I end up sitting down and trying to write, but the drilling was too loud. Normally I would have went outside and started screaming again at these guys, maybe slash their tires or something like that. (laughs) And uh, instead I just decided to leave. And then I can't remember what it was, but I'm never out of the house that early, up that early and, and out doing stuff. And you know, I can't remember for the life of me. This was a few years ago when I first started doing it, but it was like the greatest day of my life. It ended up being, you could look back on it and say, man, thank God I got up that early, you right. know, and, and got out of the house that early. I wouldn't have otherwise. And I've noticed that anytime you ever do that with whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Anything that normally would agitate you, it always, you, you go with it. You, you know, can invert it and it, flip it. it to it's where okay. It, it's fine. It's yeah. perfect. Man, so glad the kid's screaming upstairs. <laughs> perfect, you know? Yeah. And you, you end up figuring something out that works with it. As long as you're at peace, even if it is going up and telling them to quiet down, you'll do it in a more peaceful way with yeah. less anger, right? You know? Yeah. I don't know. So, no, it's true. Yeah, it, it's I true. think the, the interesting part is that <clears throat> um, whenever you do do that, like there's, a, there's a constantly lessons throughout the day. Like there's always an opportunity for you to teach yourself a lesson and to practice like what you've been preaching in your mm-hmm. mind or what you've been reading or paying attention to. It's like, I've been li- like paying attention to this stuff so much. When am I going to start putting it into practice? Well, how about every second about of now? every single yeah. day mm-hmm. that you're alive? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that you can do that. And that is actually what, you know, that's the, that's the course. That's the path you should take is every single moment is a chance to, to do it and do it better than you did it the second before. I like that. It's hard. Yeah. It's like the once you once you once that clicks, which every once in a while it clicks for me and I'm like, oh wow, okay, I'm doing it. Like that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like there could be a million different situations where you blow up, Mm -hmm. but then that one where you catch yourself and the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more you do it. The more you do it, the more you do it. And eventually it becomes your natural your natural response. Yeah. Filtering system or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said last time during Reiki. You know, if you can find that place once, you can get there again. Yeah. So if you get there one time, you can always get back there. Right. You've, you've tapped into it. So it is real. I, I think just mm-hmm. making that 
realization like oh this is a real place that i can live in right you yeah. can actually be there yeah. yeah you are that place. that's a huge that's, part of it that's part of you that's you know yeah that's where like everybody should be right yeah, if they if you could figure out how to if they want it yeah how yeah. to stay there yeah well this has been wonderful yeah, awesome conversation it. Anything you guys want to throw in? Uh, if you want to plug Lifted Reiki at all at the end here, uh, you oh, know, yeah. how can people uh, find out more about what you do? So get lifted. Get lifted. <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook at Lifted Reiki. We have a website that's uh, lifted.world. Um, my phone number, you can call me wherever you are because I'd probably really like to talk if you're interested in whatever it is that we're talking about. is 570-299-1417. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Cool. What about you, Draper? How can they uh, get in well, contact with you? Just call Amanda. Be the secretary. Yeah, I'm Draper's yeah, secretary. Her, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we do meditations, hypnotherapy, uh, custom meditations for people, uh, teach people how to meditate better. Yeah, deeper. that's a big part of what we do is we teach a lot of stuff. With the workshops that we do, we teach people how to do Reiki on all levels uh, and then... Go ahead. One-on-one -on -one Reiki stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The crystal workshops, which are actually really fun. Oh, yeah. You know, she does live shows, which are spectacular, you know, yeah. and they're only going to get better because she just keeps getting better every day. You know? <laughs> and uh, uh, past life regressions. I don't know if I said that already, but uh, yeah. Just, and more to come. Yeah. And all kinds of really cool stuff. Do you guys teach the meditations and all, all that in the workshops? Like, do you, do you combine those all together, or is that like a separate thing you guys do? Specific workshop for the meditation. Yeah. yeah. For, what or are we calling it hyper meditation. Hyper meditation. Hyper meditation. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Those two words don't seem to go together. No, they, <laughs> they really don't, do they? But it's, uh, it's just, um, you know, people struggle with meditation. It's very difficult for people to quiet their minds down. But there are certain techniques that, well, basically, uh, a, a person who has no experience meditating at all, you can put them into a very, they, they can learn to meditate very deeply, very quickly, oh, and wow. even access certain things that would seem almost impossible. You know, it, it's uh, it's sort of a, a self-hypnosis type of thing where a person puts them, not like in YouTube when it says self, it's not really self Kind of like what we did? It's yes, yeah. That yeah, we did. We went did. through a hypnosis yeah. session. We were there yeah. for like f an hour, and we thought we were there for five minutes. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. And and it, it it's basically like a post hypnotic suggestion that allows a person to return to that depth of trance by just repeating a couple things and doing them over again. So, and then uh, also enabling them to access certain things inside of them. Like for instance, you can put people in a trance and uh, and actually. You give them anesthesia without actually putting any substances into into them. They mm -hmm. just numb their cells, stop uh, bleeding, things of that nature. So you can access some serious physiological aspects of the body by with with the mind mm -hmm. and with self uh, with that hyper meditation. Hyper. Yeah, you can learn to do. <laughs> well, you that guys are having that workshop. Tell me about it. I want to be there for uh, that. We will. Yeah, that yeah cool. we will. Yeah. 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 Well, you could check most of them out on Facebook. Uh, not pretty soon enough the website. We don't keep that updated as much as we should, but because that's Draper's job, and mine's Facebook, so mine's all over the place. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll trade you. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. You're so good at what you do on that. No thanks. So. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming. Yeah, in. it was, it was an a awesome pleasure. Conversation. Yeah, it, yeah, was it really was. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Wow, thank you guys for checking that out. I really enjoyed that conversation. And I, if you've never tried Reiki, I, I highly suggest 
checking out Reiki, seeing what, if it's right for you. And I, I know some people are weird about that sort of thing. Some people don't like to get into the spiritual side of life. Trust me, the, the relaxation. If you find the right person, the right Reiki master, trust me, it is a powerful, powerful source of relaxation, revitalization, and getting deeper into who you are. Thank you to Amanda. Thank you to Draper. They do amazing things. Look up Lifted Reiki on Facebook. Lifted Reiki on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you like what I'm doing, be the teacher you needed. Share this thing with other people. Share the messages. It's not just about me, right? It's about the people on here. It's about the, the, the lessons on here, the teachings. That's what it's all about. So I want to spread that knowledge wherever it can go, as far as it can go. That's amazing stuff. If you like the music on here, if you like the... The, the intros and outros, Jake Over produces all the music on this podcast. Look him up on Facebook, Jake Over from uh, Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Be the teacher you needed. Be the leader. Lifelong learner. That's what DDP is. DDP yoga. DDPY. He is a lifelong learner. He is a leader. And he is 60 plus years old. He's lived many different lives. And right now he's changing lives. I'm telling you. You heard it before, I'll say it again, ddpyoga.com, check it out. Fix up those 80,000 thoughts a day. Get some new thoughts in there and get rid of some old thoughts, all right? Thank you for listening. I love you very much. Thank you, Zebras, for checking out the show. And if you dig this, please hit me up on any social platform, Facebook or Instagram, Rob Z Radio, okay? Twitter is Rob Z Yo. You can find me on YouTube at Rob Z Show. Find me on one of those platforms. Message me. Let me know you're listening. Let me, let me know what you like, what you don't like about the podcast. Give me some insight. I love feedback. I love constructive criticism. Notice I said constructive, not just criticism. All right? <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. See ya. This is Rob Z Radio.